Hey guys, uh, good to be back in the studio again with you both. Uh, uh, it's been a little bit of a, a while. It took a bit of uh, work to get us all together. But uh, I don't know if you noticed this week, uh, well, last weekend, Matthew Vanderpoel crushed it in the mountain biking. And then Thursday shows up and crushes it again at the Arctic Tour of Norway. And uh, I'm not sure if any of you, either of you noticed, but afterwards, I mean, he really dominated the sprint there. And afterwards, he said, uh, I don't understand why the sprinters wait so long to start their sprint. <laughs> you know, if they start earlier, they'll go faster before everybody else and they'll just win. And so I thought we could start having a new segment, which would be, you know, thought for the day from Matthew Vanderpoel. And so I thought we could expand on that one. I mean, that's quite, I mean, philosophically, it makes more sense, right? Yeah. If you start going fast earlier, then you'll be going faster than everybody else before they start trying to go fast. Yeah. If only it were that Com simple. Common sense, yeah. Well, it, I mean, it, see, it looked pretty straightforward, you know. I mean, he demonstrated it admirably, I thought. So if you think about it, if you just go, why, you know, road racing, they have the neutral rollout, which is just slow. That's a waste of time. Why don't they just have a cross-style start? He can just go fast straight from there and just sprint the whole way. Was that is that it? That's it. No, okay. <laughs> I actually have more. Oh. No, that's but that's today's thought for the day from Matthew Vanderpoel. Sprint from the gun. Okay, yeah. let's get this podcast going from the gun too. Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 94 of the Yay Rudd podcast. Holy shit, it was like juggling kittens trying to get all of us three mm. together to record an episode, but it's a Friday afternoon, and we really wanted to talk shop and give you listeners something to put in your earbuds on hopefully your busy uh, weekend. So, gentlemen, uh, good to see you. Did I announce myself? Did I say this is the Bodie Bodie? This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. <laughs> this is the T-Bone. And this is the Cheerio. Uh, T-Bone... I haven't seen you in a while. You've been off gallivanting um, in probably, you know, one of my favorite places uh, in, in the world, and that's uh, Central Oregon, uh, my wow. home state of Oregon. You were in Bend riding bikes, and I got to say, looking at, I kind of, at the end of your trip, I kind of was, I was kind of over your Instagrams, like, Mostly because I was super jealous. Yeah, they were just too good. They were just you. Were, I mean, you were like fording rivers. You were like standing at, over this like valley with the sunset and pine trees, and and you were on a mountain bike, and then you were like hitting jumps, and you were just hanging out at the river, and you were doing all the awesome fun things to do when you yeah. live somewhere. Yeah, all the hashtags basically. All the hashtags. I was getting Cindy. I was getting outside as free. I was getting outside as Fred. I was getting all of that. <laughs> Hashtag in bend. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think also this is like, it, it's nice to go somewhere where in the summer you aren't forced to cower in your AC, you know, car or house and mm. only be out from the hours of 6 a.m. to 9 or 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. because it's so hot. Yeah. I mean, well, it was hot there, I have to say. I mean, yeah. it was in the 90s during the day, but, but it's a know, dry heat. It's a dry heat <laughs> and and it's only in the 90s for a short period of time. You wake up it's in the 50s in the morning. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Speaking of that, I wonder if there's a hashtag get bendy. Get bendy. I like it. Let's yeah, I mean, 
I'm gonna just if there's not, I'm gonna go ahead and put the put I'm the C like with yoga the people would probably right co-opted yeah. that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. curious what oh, yeah. you, I'm curious what photo would be under above the get bendy hashtag. Mm. Well, I was thinking of it, of course, in terms of the city of Bend, Oregon. But you're right, getting bendy, I'm sure, is yeah. is a is a yoga thing or a something else thing where you bend. I mean, so Townsend, you did mountain biking, you did cross. I mean, tell me just a little, just a brief, you know, how was your trip? Yeah, well, I'll say this. I mean, the best thing about it was that I didn't expect to do any of the kind of riding that I did when I set this vacation up. This was a family vacation with my wife and my kids to see my sister and brother-in-law oh. and, and stepmother in Bend for our annual summer vacation. And you so, had to take a lot of business calls? I mean, you know, the, the the point was I knew I wanted to try to get out and do some riding, but I had absolutely no idea that I was going to have either the time, the equipment, the company, and the opportunity to do all of the riding that I did. I rode just about every day. Um, my coach was really proud of me that I was able to get out and you know, I actually got a decent TSS for the week. I mean, you almost had a training camp. That's yeah, what it looked like yeah. to me. Mm. Um, and so started off, I did, I did a day of gravel ride and I showed up. Uh, my brother-in-law was like, hey, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a loaner gravel bike for you for the weekend. He's like, in fact, it's a loaner gravel bike. It's got, it's a uh, carbon crux, <laughs> DI2, um, two sets of wheels. Wow. <laughs> one, uh, one set of wheels set up with uh, some 38 Panracer Gravel Kings, mm-hmm. uh, and the other some 25 Continental Race tires oh. on another set of wheels. Yeah, so got your bases covered there. Had my bases covered there. I was able to um, was able to use that bike both for gravel riding and some road riding, and I, and I did a bit of both. Um, tons of gravel roads out of Bend. There's literally it's a totally different kind of gravel, right? It's it's a it's a it's a more dirt, uh, finer. It's a pebbly, sandy kind of, yep, it's sandy. kind of a sandy, dirty gravel. Yeah, yeah it's definitely not. But it's hard pack? It's no, it's not hard pack yeah. because it's so dry out there that it. I guess it gets hard pack. They sort of get that. Um, they get that hero dirt condition, you know, yeah. when you get a little bit of rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, it's a little slippy and sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, I ended up on the ground a couple times. <laughs> not not gravel riding, but mountain biking. Just get bendy. Yeah, really. just getting mm-hmm. getting loose in some sand, but. I mean, Bend has an amazing network of both gravel trails and mountain bike trails. They're named, they're mapped, um, they are signed uh, with junction signs yeah. and all the junctions in the woods. I mean, Sounds guys, awesome. it's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to, to trail riding and off-road riding out there. And hey, the road riding ain't bad either, right? It's not bad. Did you did you end up going to up Mackenzie Pass through Sisters? I did not. Didn't do that. I rode out towards Sisters on a, a road ride that we did. Did you go down the tum- into the Tumalo little reservoir that there's a little climb, a little descent and like climb back out? So yeah, so I think if if I'm if uh, my my recollection of all the geography is is not 100%, but I'm pretty sure that we did a big a ride from Ben with a big descent down into a little town of Tumalo, and then sort of just did a, a, a ride up out of there toward the Tumalo Reservoir. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then that, that was the Tuesday Hammerfest um, road ride. Who mm-hmm. was Ian Boswell there? Ian, he was not. He was the Boz. Yeah, the Boz is rumored to uh, show up on that ride. It's a little, I think, too early in the uh, or too 
late in the road season, mm-hmm. not early enough in the off season for him to be there. I guess he shows up closer, you know, in the fall in the sort of October, November rides before, uh, you know, before it gets too cold. That's when I'm making my appearance back at Tuesday Loops, by the way. In November. October. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so you'll have a couple rides before it ends. But yeah, this is their Tuesday Loops. Uh, I went with a, a buddy of my brother-in-law who races for a master's team out there. I met up with him and four of his teammates. And I thought we were meeting at a coffee shop to go grab a coffee before the 545 ride start. We met at 4 o'clock. I thought, well, that's an awful long time <laughs> to have coffee. Uh, it turns out we weren't having coffee at all. We were just meeting at a coffee shop to go do basically a two-hour warm-up ride wow. before the Hammerfest. Damn. And they decided they would just do the route in reverse. Um, we finished the warm-up. I had 125 TSS after the warm-up and was feeling pretty blown out. I was not accustomed to the altitude or the hills. Uh, I was riding on essentially a cross bike with kind of cross gearing. Um, turns out it had a little hitch in the uh, in the bottom bracket that was that was creating a little bit of drag. So I had a few little impediments, <laughs> and I and I probably needed to be 150 percent to have any chance on this ride. It was some real hammers, appropriately named ride. Um, I hung in for about the first 10 miles of the 30 mile loop, and then just got horribly dropped on on one of these little kicker sort of climbs. Mm-hmm. Had a blast. But I have to say, guys, as much of a mountain bike, uh, excuse me, as much of a road rider and, and gravel rider as, as I feel like I am, uh, obviously don't have a chance to do a whole lot of mountain biking around here. That was really where I found, uh, you know, uh, the, the real freedom of, of being out in the, in, the, in the countryside was getting out on the trails and doing some mountain biking. Really loved it. I mean, um, you said friend of the podcast, uh, JD, uh, hit you up. Yeah, so I went out to do a day of mountain bike, and I took some photos, uh, posted some photos of me on a mountain bike, and uh, your buddy JD said, hey, man, be sure to hit Tiddlywinks and Funner. <laughs> and I replied back to him, dude, that photo was taken of me on Tiddlywinks. <laughs> so I had, I had uh, with the help of my brother-in-law at least, discovered the very trail that, that uh, from the podcast JD had, had recommended me to. Nice. So yeah, that was that was my trip. Bodie, you were also out well, of town as I well. I have one last story about Bend. Uh, last time I was in Bend, I was I took my cross bike, uh, hit the trails, hit Bend's trails, and uh, snapped my chain on the trail. And luckily enough, you could leave Ben's trails, the trailhead. I was afraid you're saying Ben's trails, as in the name of the trail. Yeah, it's yeah. Ben's trails. Yep, rode that trail one. or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Luckily enough, it's all downhill back into town that's right where so i coasted back into town to a bike shop and they fixed my chain that's awesome that, yeah that, that was pretty cool yeah that is one thing that's pretty cool about the the trail system out there and i suppose it it resonates with just about any trails system in the in a mountainous area i mean basically you head out toward mount bachelor and it's all yep trends uphill from there and uh, and once you get to the turnaround or once you get to the spot where you decide you want to start riding back into town with very few exceptions and and i guess in your case no exceptions it's it's a downhill downhill run 
Um, and we cheated a couple times. We would we would ride out with the family, do a hike out toward Mount Bachelor, and then my brother-in-law and I would just ride home. Whoa. Yeah, mm. so that was kind of Shuttle sweet. run. Catching yeah. a little shuttle. Family yeah. shuttle run. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, that's I spent a lot of time on the, on the slopes of Mount Bachelor um, in high school and college. Uh, so, yeah, you, you were on Bend, and... A couple weekends ago, was it was it two weekends ago? I don't know. It's been a whirlwind uh, these last three weeks. I also took a 36-hour trip to Denver, Colorado. Got to see our old teammate and friend, Tricky Travis Johnson, also friend of the pod, and his wife, Kelly Weinveen, and uh, hung out with them and got to see a little bit of Denver, which was actually really cool, and went to the Littleton, Littleton Criterium. Yeah, we'll uh, call it a work trip, I guess, huh? Yeah, sure. I mean... No one paid me for that trip, but I am going to ride off some of those expenses. Mm. Um, yeah, you ride photography expenses. Um, yeah, Denver was fun. I showed up uh, super early in the morning. Uh, Tricky Trav picked me up from the, tr- uh, from the train station. Uh, turns out Tricky Trav is like boss master of the local trains, setting up schedules. He's like, I was like, wow, took me to the dispatch room. So you took uh, the train there? Took the train from the airport. From the airport. To downtown Denver. Um, but it turned out that he was racing the Littleton Criterium. So was his wife, Kelly. And Kelly's father was doing his first uh, Criterium. Nice. So they were like, yeah, we're going to the Criterium. I was like, sweet. I'm going to go with y'all. Um, really cool scene out there. Uh, you know, I I guess it's a USA Crits race. Um but the amateur setup beforehand felt just as pro as the later stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they had everything set up, obviously. Um, they weren't going to be setting up during the day. But I just, if you, I guess the thought was you looked at Littleton and then you compared it to, let's say, Sunny King. It just felt more pro all around in terms of like as the amateur is racing in these big events. Uh, Cool little, cool little uh, course in downtown Littleton. Very small area, uh, like one main drag strip of shops and stuff, and mm-hmm. then kind of zigzag through a little bit of uh, residential area. But that was great to um, catch up with our friends Tom and Lauren of Automatic Racing, and just to see one more stop in the series. Uh, well, should we jump into talking a bit about that race as we are the official unofficial podcast of USA Crits? We are the officially unofficial. Yeah, I'm like trying to remember Littleton, the race. And at this point, it's been a while. I don't really remember what happened. Do you guys remember what happened? All I know is I put a, sorry, I asked you a question and I started talking. Hmm. I put a camera on Tom Gibbons. Yep. So hopefully people who, who follow Yeah You Rise Instagram have seen the video where he got a very good view of Justin Williams' yep. win. Um, and I have to actually have some audio um, from Tom and Lauren that we, we should probably get into fairly soon because he gives a br- give good breakdown of that race. Um, well, I mean, my note to myself on watching that race is, you know, Tom had a great race. Uh, he obviously had, uh, you know, at, it was a penultimate race of the, of yeah. the series. Um, he had a he had a pretty good lead on everybody else. He had work to do in that race, which was to try to, you know, get some mid race points, mm-hmm. uh, protect uh, his lead by you know not crashing out and trying to finish well. And he did that, uh, but it was one of those situations where 
Justin Williams just looked unbeatable. And, and I don't know what Tom said. Maybe we'll hear that in his audio if he, if he made reference to that. But, you know, Justin Williams is on fire. He is the, he's the Matthew Vanderpoel of the USA crit series, uh, or crit scene, I should say, just appears to be able to win uh, on demand. And he just did not look like anybody was going was gonna to beat him. Yeah, I, I think he, for every race he showed up to, in USA crits, did he? He won every one except for one where his teammate won. Where his team, yeah. So that, yeah. I mean, that's kind of he has been pretty dominating. And this thing I kind of want to talk about is like sort of overall USA crits, the men's field. He was really the dominating force. Um, in the women's, it was a little more spread out who mm-hmm. won the races. Um, but yeah, let's let's go to a little uh, post race interview with Tom after the Littleton crit and get his thoughts on that race. I'm hanging out with uh, Mr. Thomas Gibbons post Littleton. Uh, Twilight Criterium. Tom, you sprinted for third. Um, tell me about that race. Uh, didn't go at all how I wanted it to go. Uh, I actually had a few guys help me out. Hired as mercenaries, uh, Owen Schott and Huntley Nash, and I had Anthony here. And Huntley rode like an animal, but unfortunately, uh, Anthony and Owen both got taken out by crashes pretty early on. So our plan was to go and try to blow it up and go on the break like last week at San Rafael but that didn't work out um so it came down to the bunch sprint again uh with two to go I think uh Corey went for the gambler so it was Corey and then three Arapahoe guys and then me I think Justin behind me uh and the third Arapahoe guy I think Miguel he let the wheel go intentionally to send Corey with the two with his two teammates so I unfortunately got stuck on the front clawing that back with two to go Made contact, that wasn't such a big deal. Uh, but then I was just too far forward and uh, I got dumped on the front after I think uh, Andrew, uh, Andy Dahlheim swung off after the third to last turn. So I just got dumped in front and it was just too far. I hesitated a little bit and then Miguel and Justin picked up the sprint uh, and I slotted it nicely to Justin's wheel. But by that point, my legs were a little bit toast from having to close that first gap and then uh, just a little bit too much for today. Um, it was pretty good, like third. The series is over, like that's done. That's yeah. yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. So you, you got third, you pretty much locked the um, overall for the um, USA Crits overall leader. I mean, tell me how that feels. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really feel like anything. I've been pretty confident we were debating whether or not to go to San Rafael, but once we decided to go to that and book that plane ticket, uh, it was pretty much over. It would have taken a true catastrophe for me to not win the overall at that point. And now, having solidified tonight, it's yeah, it's virtually impossible to lose. I could die and I'll win. I hope I don't though. So then, what's your goal uh, next weekend in Westchester for the final? Oh, I'm super stoked for that because first of all, it's a semi-home race. I live like an hour and a half from there. Uh, and I've been out at altitude for three weeks and we're going up to Keystone tomorrow, which is 9,000 feet for the last couple days we're here and we're flying back on Thursday straight into a sea level race. And like, I've been feeling good out here. Finally, finally adapted. And now I'm going to go back to all the oxygen in the world and I'm hyped for that race. Uh, I was second there last year and yeah, hopefully I can get a good win to cap the season. Cause if I win the overall without an individual win, that's going to suck. <laughs> Yeah, you pull a old Froome dog at the 2017 uh, tour, maybe. My years right. Well, uh, I mean, I want you to win, but like, if I'm not there and you win, I'm gonna be pretty bummed. So, 
I mean, yeah, I guess you should win. Yeah, I mean, I'll do my best, but now that you mentioned since you're not there, maybe I'll just sit back and take like a cool 15th. Well, yeah, now, now that we listen to that interview with Tom, I'm reminded of what happened in that race. And yes, uh, he certainly showed himself at the front of that race toward the end um, and, and looks like looked like he did exactly what he said he did, which is just, you know, spend too much energy closing gaps and, and sitting on the front. I was kind of wondering how that happened. It's nice to hear Tom talk about it because in the moment as I was watching, I was like, boy, Tom, why is Tom on the front? Doesn't seem like he would want to be there. I guess he had to be there and, you know, Hey, third is a good was a good finish for him. I mean, absolutely terrific. You know, he's been super Mister Consistent all season. But uh, if he just followed MVDP's advice and yeah. just kept just kept going really fast at that point, go earlier. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Does that segue us into Westchester? Because that's basically what Tom did from the gun in Westchester. Well, he went hard. Okay, I want to go to Westchester. I have a few other things uh, that remind me uh, about Littleton. And I have a few little more audio bites from there I want to get to. Um, one, I gotta give I, I give a, a, a special shout out to our friend uh, Tricky Trav, who uh, because he really helped me rig together a GoPro setup on Tom's bike. Tom mm. is on the factor with yeah. those weird ass bars. I've been trying to find a mount. The guy who Black Ink sent me that they actually have a mount. Whatever. We had all the mounts in the world, and we were trying to like duct tape them, and we're using various mounts on these bars. And I looked at Tom, and he's just like, "Okay, yeah, yeah. sure." And I was like, "Look, Tom, if it if it's gonna mess up your race, I don't want to do it. If you're gonna be worried about, it, I want to do it." But Travis came through, figured out a way to rig it. Nice. Um, and we got we got the footage. And you know what? I, the next thing I need to do is really go through the whole race, and I'd love to have some commentary with Tom, mm. uh, kind of break down the race because really. With like ten laps to go, Tom is at the back of the field. Once he, he he's able to move up really quickly. He's amazing uh, yeah. at being able to tail gun it kind and then amazing. be where he needs to be at the moment he needs to be there. Yeah. The other the other thing I want to talk about was that uh, I was able we met up with Tom uh, in order and Tom and Lauren and Anthony uh, in order to uh, figure out the, ca- the 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 camera situation. Uh, and he mentioned uh, Owen Shot, Huntley Nash, uh, or two other guys who were sort of riding for the team. Uh, so uh, Owen Shot. Met up at the coffee shop, and uh, I got to sit in on a little bit of team meeting, a little talk, team tactics. Mm. And I got to say, that was really cool. I was like, you know, as a cycling fan, cycling racing fan, as someone yeah. who races, just to kind of be on the inside and like listen to them discuss like what they want to do, when they want to hit it, how they want to try, how they want to make a plan uh, to win the race was pretty damn exciting. Um, I felt bad though for Owen when he crashed because sort of chatting with him in the parking lot, his big goal was a uh, masters nationals, uh, like the next week, um, in Colorado Springs mm. and he crashed out pretty hard, um, with An- Anthony Yaka. He has to go to the hospital. I don't, I don't know if he went to the hospital, but he like definitely was on the ground. I got a photo of him. He sat there for a while. Um, you know, like he was like. What he said was like, man, I've been training so hard for nationals, but I have this fitness. Like, I want to race. Mm. Sets in a crit. Boom. Uh, but I, I saw in the results, he pulled a couple podiums off at Masters Nationals. So I don't know if he, you know, maybe would have won. But anyway, just really cool to get that behind the scenes view. And I was like, man, I wish that I was doing a documentary right now. I'd love to film this stuff. Um, I don't know. Oh, so who won the women's race? That was Harry Owen. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hagensburg and Superman 
riding super strong once again you know kind of a they've had maybe three winners this year uh at little yeah, to green um, yeah I, harriet and uh maybe lily yeah i think lily williams i don't know maybe uh, but uh I spoke to um, Lauren, got a little little bit of sound bite with her and a little sound bite with Anthony. I'm gonna play that for you guys now. Tell me, tell me about your yeah. race, Lauren. So I we finished, haven't... so I'm pretty pumped about that because I haven't finished in a while. Um, you won two weekends ago. Dude, I did win. That's that right, like, <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> but that was like a two, three, four like, uh... race, so. Wait, yeah, so you cool. won two weekends ago, what? Where was that, and what race is that? Yeah, so that was Salt Lake City Criterium. I did the two, three, four race. Um, cause there's like so little opportunity for me to race with like lower people, but that doesn't sound good. Doesn't lower categories? That's yeah. what I want. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I mean. So it's like it was really nice to be able to like actually use tactics and be smart about racing versus just like yeah biting your handlebars. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I won that one, and then I finished Salt Lake City, and that was sweet. Um, and then and how'd today, today go, tonight? T- tonight was good. Um, I think I got off the line pretty well. Um, I went for the Supreme on the first lap, but like super half-assed. So I came in third. <laughs> so I got no money and was nice and tired. Um, and then started going back, and then it was just pretty much tail gunning, trying to survive. Um, with three laps to go, though, I moved up the side in the finishing yeah, straight. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I was like, oh, damn. It was super sweet. And so I was like fourth or fifth wheel by that, maybe sixth wheel by that point. And then I almost caused a crash. And then that scared me. So then I went harder and went farther. So then I was third wheel. That was pretty sweet. But then I started throwing up because I don't think I should have done that. So you went but I was pre- pumped. You went pretty deep there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was weird. I think it maybe it's the altitude because it didn't feel deep until I was like done. And I was like, oh no. So then I went backwards, but I did finish still. And so that was, I'm pretty glad about that. Is this your first race, uh, sorry, your first year racing at the pro level? I mean, I know you're a cat too, so. I've like done a couple USA crits here and there, or like like the P12 races. Um, I think in the past, I've like maybe finished Gateway, like two days at Gateway. That's like a really flowy course. Yeah. Um, so I'd say this is the first year that I've really finished anything. It's definitely the first year I've raced this much at this level, so really learning the hard way <laughs> next year i'm really pumped yeah i was gonna say how are you how are you feeling about that how are I, the emotions like after almost a year of usa crits um if you'd asked me last weekend emotions are really low like maybe quit low and then tonight when i have a finish that feels really good yeah um because that's a good enough marker for me um plus i have a, a truck madone sitting at home for me so it came in a little late could have been racing that this this month but be a really sweet off-season bike so i feel like with that and a little more training i'm gonna kick some butt thank you i keep calling it my super fast bike i haven't actually ridden it or seen it but <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna i think i'm gonna be pretty fast <laughs> it's gonna be pretty you'll kick some butt next year for sure <laughs> i hope anthony I, we've never chatted before in the yeah. podcast um this tell me your name and, and where you're from i'm anthony yakes 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 i'm from miami <laughs> um born and raised cuban parents started bike racing how long ago eight like almost nine years ago and this is the first year doing usa crits yeah and it's been a growing experience every race i got confidence up confidence up and then today was just a shit show to say the least i don't know if i could curse on this yeah but, uh, sure <laughs> felt great um i had the unfortunate event of last weekend riding and breaking my bike Ooh. so i jumped on a loner last minute um 
with reverse brakes. So, <laughs> with, so, so I had a bike. TJ Van Garden style. Did you like almost go through a corner? MotoGP, buddy. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I got used to it. Almost ended in this race, but uh, felt pretty good. Had a crappy clip in in the beginning, um, so I kind of just relaxed, try not to panic, so I could try to move my way up. And then once I started getting the little confidence to start moving up started learning the course a crash happened and then it was either go straight into bodies or cross my fingers and bunny hop the sidewalk and try to save it bunny hopped and then saved it by front flipping into the grass but uh both wheels were out of true tried Ooh, finding another um change the front wheel jump back in and then i noticed going into the first corner like I what 32 I felt my back wheel just hop, 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 hop. So I went back into the pit, changed my wheel again. Lauren was able to get me a wheel, but uh, the mechanics were struggling to get the wheel in. Yeah, it was too fat. Because <laughs> it was too fat, and the frame I'm using is uh, kind of old. And uh, I tried and jumped back in and had no back brake. <laughs> and a super loose front brake. And again, they are reversed. <laughs> but uh, so I tried. I tried holding on. I tried going, but the confidence is going with a bike that was not working properly was scaring me. So I was like, dude, let me call it. I mean, it sucks because I've actually felt a lot better um, after the nationals. I had a crappy nationals and then just worked my ass off back at home. Started feeling amazing, and then just the unfortunate week. But you know what? Hopefully next weekend we my bike is built on time and then i could take my bike and uh rip it for tom so i feel pretty good i mean bright side is the borrowed bike is safe but just have to true it but we're good but um, i'm pretty happy i'm pretty stoked of the opportunity i've had this year and uh i look forward to a lot more it's been a very fun learning experience and i've never thought i would be racing at this level with these guys and I just couldn't be happier with a better group of people I mean we 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 do what we can but it's like family and it's so much fun so yeah it was cool to uh chat with both Lauren and Anthony uh Yaquez um on in the, in the parking lot we did a little uh parking lot drinking after the race which is pretty fun I mean the men's race started at nine I think yeah it, the that was late and by our time right so we're an hour's difference it was um, 10 o'clock when it started i i started watching it and i was wiped out that saturday and you know i, I would have loved to actually have said it but i fell asleep um not because of the race was boring it was just because it was i mean it wasn't twilight that was like no no full on night. definitely not twilight uh yeah it was late it was after midnight here when it finished we we uh we were in the parking lot pretty late uh travis like literally ran to the nearest liquor store to get more beer for all of us to drink in the parking lot i said he got there like with a minute to spare um, i think i got back to their apartment i think fell asleep at like three in the morning i had gotten up a saturday morning at 3 45 mm. so it was it was a brutal 36 hours in denver um for the littleton twilight criterion but i want to go back to denver and ride uh maybe i'll do a longer trip to this crit because it was a fun scene um but let's move on to the last race of usa crits because we want to wrap this out because you know i've really enjoyed i guess i have enjoyed the usa crit series this year i mean yeah it's been i think this is the seventh year of the series maybe but I, maybe this reason because this this season uh we've been we've sort of had the buy-in of tom and automatic racing and lauren yeah that's kind of helped us really like 
you know, it's pay attention. Yeah, I mean, it's it's their story that we're following, isn't it? Which is which has made it great. And then Justin Williams' story as well is also amazing. Yeah, I think there's been some really good story elements in the series, and I think that USA Crits has done a has done a pretty good job. I think there's there's there are ways to improve it. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, I have some general notes we'll get to, but let's get to Westchester. It was the it was the last race of the series. Uh, Tom pretty much wrapped up the individual. It seemed like Starlet Tettergreen was going to wrap up the women's individual, but the big battles of the day were in the teams competition. That's right. Um, in both the men's and the women's, the men was between Butcher Box and Cliff. The women's was between uh, Hagensburg and Superman and Colavita Bianchi. And the women's race started out first, and I mean it was just a just constant attacks all day long mm-hmm. to get those lap lead, like get to get the lap points. And, yeah. And that I think really influenced the race and where that there was no break goes away uh Peloton settles. It was just constant moves. Julie Kazika Julie Kazika I don't know how to say her last name, sorry. Uh from Hoggins Boomer Superman was just literally attacking all night long. Um mm-hmm. which made a fun race to watch. Yeah, it was, and it and the the it, so yeah. I mean, it, you're right. You Julie never lost Zika. I don't know. Sorry, I'm saying mm. you you never lost interest in it <laughs> because there was always something sort of going on. As long as you were willing to follow the sort of subplot, that it really wasn't so much. Of course, the race is all about you know uh, it is always about who wins in the end. But there was a subplot that kept it interesting throughout. But the end of it was also pretty interesting and exciting. Um, they did this both in the women's race and then again in the men's race. They did the gambler preem. Well, they do it every every race. Oh, they do they do the the last yeah. the yeah. second to last lap gambler preem in every lap in every race. I guess I, I I haven't been paying good enough attention. But anyway, they so when they so they did the gambler preem. Um, uh, Rebecca Wysak? Yeah, Wysak? Rebecca Wysak, yeah. Hmm. Rebecca Wysak, so Australian, Australian national national champion, champion. national crit champion. And she uh, kind of comes over and races USA Crits every year, it seems like. So yeah, she... Her and... Uh, Peter? Uh, Peter, yeah. Peter Mullins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so so uh, Becca Wysak goes for the Gambler Prime, gets it, um, and of course, it, it's always the big question, you know, with that second-to-last lap Gambler Prime, is the person going to then, you know try to stay away and consolidate mm-hmm. that move and hold on to it for the last lap, you'd always normally think to yourself, uh, no, they're not going to, although I suppose uh, Matthew Vanderpool, were he racing a crit, probably would say, he yes, was, you should do he's that. like, you if you're offering it. money on right. the second lap yeah. to go, then you just, just start your sprint. I'll just win them both. Yeah. 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 Well, there's yeah. a first lap preem too, right? Yeah. So there is. probably start there. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and foreshadowing the men's race. We'll talk about that in a second. Well, but anyway, so, yeah, so she almost stayed away. Almost she did, yeah. didn't quite have enough, uh, and uh, Samantha Schneider from, what did she race for? CWA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, came around and, and won the race with Harriet Owen in, in second. second. Yeah, yep. and then Weissack holding on to third. Um yeah, speaking of the first lap preem, um, Lauren once again uh, win for it. Uh, second. You know? She came really close. She came close. I mean, she, we've been watching her all year going for it, and then it's like she goes for it, and then can she hold on for the rest of the race, or does she get shelled? Uh, so two, la- two races in a row, Lauren goes to the first lap preem, and wait, I think she actually got shelled in this race. So, oh well. Sorry, Lauren. So that was the women's race, uh, and it was fun and exciting for all those reasons we mentioned. The men's race uh, w- was very similar in the sense that 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 the winner of the ultimate who ultimate winner of the race 
sort of was less important in the grand scheme of things, and it was a team competition this time between Mm -hmm. Butcher Box and And Cliff. Cliff. Mm -hmm. And Um, Cliff had been leading earlier on in the season, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It kind of went back and back forth. Back and forth a little yeah, bit Yeah, you saw a lot them. of Instagram posts about that, which yeah. is cool. And so this, Butcher Box had a big wipeout that like took out a bunch of their Salt riders. Lake, in, yeah, and that was the big that was a big thing that they lost and then okay, so they lost it in Salt Lake because of the big crash. Um and they wanted to get it back. So there's two ways to win points in the USA Crit Series, or I guess three ways, but two ways within the race. There is, there are points for every lap that you lead, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. first rider across the lap, uh, uh, every lap gets a point or some number point, of points. Yeah. I think it's just one point. And then there are points preems, a couple points preems within each race. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had Butcher Box and Cliff just taking turns trying to, to win laps and win that, that lap leader point and then trying to set up for the mid-race sprint preems. But interestingly, in this race, and I'd, I'd love to hear what Tom had to say about it. We tried to tried to get him on the line for this podcast, but didn't have time to do it. But uh, Tom went from the gun and, and went out hard and fast from the gun. There was not a first lap preem, I don't think, that he was trying to win. Maybe there, maybe there, there was. was. There was. was. There? Okay. And I think also there is the fifth lap there is a points preem. Mm. But also, Westchester, if you looked at that peloton at the end of the race, it was like a third. Yeah, no. Like, he, that was a hard race. Like, that was a super hard race, and he drilled it from the gun, and he, I mean, he was shredding dudes in lap one. Yeah, Getting and I don't know altitude if he, uh, vibe going yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he just felt really good. I was kind of thinking maybe he just wanted to keep himself safe in the early part of that race by getting I think out front. So, I think so, too. I think um, also kind of served uh, two purposes there. I think he got caught up in that crash with 10 to go mm. um so he finished ninth overall yeah but but in terms of you know the speed of that race with tom setting a hard pace from the beginning and then butcher box and cliff Going staying on labs, the gas yeah. to, to to be fighting for those lap preems you're right i mean the the, the peloton was just decimated interesting race um in in terms of how it ultimately played out um, there was a crash with about 10 laps to go. Big crash. Took out a lot of the field. Frank Travieso took the opportunity at that mm-hmm. point, realizing that it what that this butcher box and Cliff weren't worried about the winning that race, but were more concerned about the overall um, series team competition. Uh, Frank Travieso, as soon as that crash happened and he saw that there were people down behind and there was just a moment's hesitation and confusion, he took off, got a gap, and 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 kept it pretty much for the last to just time trial to to ultimately win yeah. that race and kudos to him he's a I think a sentimental crowd favorite you know he's been racing the series for a long long time yeah, yeah. I mean, he's um, a he's re- master's age racer right oh for he, sure I mean yeah retired has come back he retired and then still races so his wife is Ashley Travieso who. Essentially, I believe runs USA Crits. I think that's right. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I think there might be someone above her, but I think she probably does most of the actual uh, work. So there were a couple folks behind that tried to chase and bridge. There was one guy who got up to maybe about five to ten seconds behind Frank once the gap was established. And I don't remember who that was, but hat tip to uh, Automatic Racing's Tom Salveson who got himself out of the bunch and tried to chase for a bit. He didn't make it and he ultimately got swallowed back up by the peloton but he was he was 
uh, out in in third on the road trying to bridge the gap getting some good air time for the team it was nice to see somebody in the in the automatic jersey out on the course because of course tom has been in the leader's jersey for, for so long you don't even good though it's the, the same orange. color yeah, yeah. it's good it to the see same the color yeah the automatic orange out there um uh, tom uh ended up finishing not tom salveson but uh, tom gibbons ended up finishing ninth probably yeah. not the the finish that he wanted but i think at that point he probably wasn't i know, really I know tom concerned. tom's i know tom's disappointed to not have won one of the actual usa crits races but yeah. if you look through the series is there a single usa crits race where he was outside the top 10 no yeah other uh, than the race he crashed out of that, that wasn't was a usa, that was USA crit right. series yeah. you're right yeah so i think you know that's pretty you know that's pretty damn consistent i think that's sort of that's like a that, i mean we want to talk about overall storylines i think that uh in the men's you really had the dominance of justin williams and legion i think that was a that was a big storyline and then i think as you just said the the consistency of tom to get the overall and you look at some of the people who won the overall in the past i'm thinking about last year uh that winner was uh guten plan i don't think guten plan had the finishes that tom did this year no, no. tom had but, some tom had some podium had podium finishes. Yeah, so. Goonplan kind of was just like showed up to every race uh, to get the lead early and hold on to it. Um, so that was interesting. You know, I think in the women's field, I feel like we had a. It's you know what's a bummer is that you go to the road the uh, USA Crits results like sort of standings page. I can't pull up individual race results. Yeah, it's sort uh, of strange. Yeah, because I want to know. I want to see who like who were the women's winners, and I feel like we had Starla win one. Harriet win one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Samantha Schneider probably won two. We had Jennifer Valenti in Boise. I feel like in the women's field, it was really uh, spread out amongst the teams. So just kind of interesting to see that how that all played out. It's interesting. It's like it's like a lot of women's racing, you know, uh, although there are certainly some women that you could say are dominant in the pro ranks. But, you know, whether it's cross or road or, you know, pro women's or crit racing, you know, it's competitive, yeah. It's and competitive, there's really you know a lot of people that could fun. win on any given day, and 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 that's uh, in my opinion what makes uh, women's bicycle racing that much more exciting is is the the openness of the of the fields. I want to give a shout out, just like you know, age and nothing but a number. Uh, Starlet Tedegreen, forty, mm. crushing it, won yeah. the overall. I mean, like that's awesome. That's really cool to see. Uh, Lauren Van Gilder uh, raced in Westchester, and I think he's like she's like fifty-one. Tina Pick's in her fifties too. Yeah, right? like the Star Lauren Van Gilder has been racing forever, winning races forever. Just I don't know, just just fun stuff to see that. Um, so yeah, just kind of to wrap up USA Crits. You know, I made a note that. Oh, so who did win the team overalls for both? Which, so, which we, we kind of uh, buried that a little bit. Well, but. yeah, we talked about it, but uh, all right. So Colavita won the women's overall. Interesting. That's that's surprising, really, because of how dominant Hagen's Berman's. Yeah, if you look because at they got West, first and second overall in the actual. But Hagen's Berman skipped a couple races because well, of the World Tour, right? Westchester, mm. they scored eight hundred fifteen points, and Colavetti scored seven hundred. But Colavita had such a, a a big gap that they were able to still hold on to that, even though Hoggins Berman like just crushed it that day. Mm-hmm. Um, in the men's race, uh, in the team, it was Butcher Box. So Butcher Box came back. They sort of made up for their they. Ooh, in in the last race, they scored eight forty four, 
and Cliff did 562. Yeah, big gap there. Um, yeah, so they went they went all in. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of a fun thing. And so let's talk about sort of like general notes, USA crits. That is a cool thing. I mean, we have the team competitions in the Grand Tours, but it's not... It's movie star. It's movie star. They're the only team that care about it at all. And in the, it's not as interesting, I guess. I don't know. I mean, the idea that the way it plays out, and, and you know why movie star wins because they're all racing against each other. Yes, that's a good point. Um, uh, it's it, the way it plays out, and the and the crits is a little different. Um, and so that's 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 kind of cool that we have that element of of this. And you know, I I said it's the future, and obviously crits have been around for a long time, but I think that. As uh, road racing really just kind of you know eh, a little dying there, that the small contained you know road races mm-hmm. are I I think I think we need to push more investment in this and USA Crits I know they want to expand a little bit I don't know if they need to go more than ten like, I feel like ten is a good enough nine races That's this year. You know, they had nine plus a preseason like we don't need more than that. Like, I heard there may actually be less next year. I think on one of the broadcasts, I heard that it may be less. It may be some different players in the... I, I seem to remember from one of the broadcasts, I think they were talking about somebody who was one of the main people in USA Crits, and they're saying it may, it's going to change a little bit yet hmm. next year. I mean, maybe I think they're going to go for more premium events. You know, like the, 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 like it's, it's about the quality, not necessarily yeah, the quantity, yeah, right? Yeah, one of the things you mentioned was having multiple events at some of the bigger races, which I think yeah. is... I think that would be a great idea. Yeah, so the, like... Maybe trying to get more people to be able to show up to all of the races. Yeah, so like Tulsa, they were only yeah. that Friday. So it's like do Friday and Sunday. So so I think maybe there'll be less, but they'll... So like, I think mm-hmm. that, that is what I also heard was they're going to do uh, more dates at the race weekends with multiple races. Um, and and then think- obviously, in order to attract lots of people to these events... They do every one of these races in connection with a giant gravel fondo. <laughs> dude, that's, I mean, that, dude, that's what they do at Tulsa. Like, it's brilliant it legit idea. Is, a, is a way to do it. Um, and it's, it's, I think in Boise, Stunning, yeah. Boise, they had a twilight, they, they had a gravel fondo as well. So yeah, that's, you kind of said that in a joking manner, but I think that's the way to do it. And I think that that's what we should do more with our races. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of been doing it. I think another thing is, is there a way to how do you work in Toad to America's Dairyland and Intelligentsia, which are both like ten race and Gateway? Gateway is four days, but yeah. But I mean, how how do you how do you work with them? You know, I think Toad or Intelli really go up against Nationals. I don't know. There's some there's some schedule conflicts, but there's a way. Yeah, there's there's, there's I mean, there's only so many weekends a year, right? That's so true. you have to. You've, somebody, some something has to give there somewhere. Is, yeah, something has to give. Yeah, like the Euro Road Championships. Whoops, didn't even know that happened. <laughs> well, um, guys, anyway. I'm excited to follow it next year, no matter what the format, and um, we will uh, we will promise our our listening audience to the extent that you're not sick of hearing about USA Crits uh, that you will again hear about it next season because we intend to continue to be the official unofficial podcast of USA Crits. Love it. Guys, I mean, do you want to talk about the second greatest American Grand Tour? Oh, my God. Are we talking about the Tour of Utah? Let's the, talk about Tour of Utah. Larry, Larry H. Miller Tour of Utah? Yeah. Funny thing, went to Spokane three weekends ago. 
drove past some Larry H. Miller dealerships. Mm. Four dealers? He's a car dealer. Car dealerships. Car dealership. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the my cab driver said, yeah, he demolished a bunch of historic buildings to put in all these pavement lots. I was like, well, these well, that sucks. I don't like racing. I don't like Larry Miller as much anymore. <laughs> oh, <No>, right. <laughs> but um, he does sponsor the second biggest little Grand Tour in USA. They say it's the toughest state stage race in America. Well, I tell you, I watched a little bit of one stage, and it did look pretty damn tough. Yeah, Utah. It's got some. It's got some high mountains. Uh, it's, it's all altitude. Yeah. Right. I don't think we should talk too much about it, breaking it down too much. Let's, nope. There's a, I think there's a few uh, points to make. Bodie, you're, the first point, I think, deserves to be made, um, given the nature of this podcast. Uh, how do we all like Alex Howes in his uh, USA national kit? Panache. Uh, I have a caveat, though. Panache would have gone with a pink helmet. Not a fan of the blue helmet. Oh, no, no, no. Pink helmet doesn't work with it. Better off having the blue helmet. I, I think he should have had a full-on Stars and Stripes like Evil Knievel helmet. That would be even better. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. That's super gaudy, and that's not Rafa's style. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, so Joe Dombrowski was wearing a blue jersey for the fan favorite, so he was wearing a, a similar color mm-hmm. as Alex Howes with the pink helmet. Looks good. That's a temp. That was just a temp thing, though. I think I think the blue helmet with the kit, fine. I'm I'm cool with that. I thought it looked good as is. Uh, I agree with both of you guys. I suppose at the end of the day, I think it would have looked nice with the with the contrasting uh, pink helmet as well. But he stood out, uh, panache for sure. He got in the break yesterday too. That was he, nice to see him. Yeah, out he got the, the king of the mountains yesterday. yesterday. He took the king of the mountain. Yeah, and he was trying to set up Lawson Craddock, who mm. earlier in the race had had the yellow jersey. I want to give it. I just kind of want to give a shout out to uh, James Spicoli, who actually won the prologue. Yeah. The prologue. Uh, Not to be confused with Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> Not to be confused with James Spicoli. Um, <laughs> right. Jim Piccoli, right? <laughs> yeah. He, he's a Canadian. Rides yeah. for LFH KHS. And what's interesting is that Bella News put out an article right before the, the race started, sort of highlighting his sort of rise to fame um mm. and how he almost quit bike racing came back uh at Georgia, utah 2017 I, I, this is the very first i've had any knowledge of him whatsoever. really yeah 2017 tour utah he got second on some stage i think uh our ef former garmin guy who's now a triathlete beat him on that stage uh oh the bulldog his, the bulldog the pit bull yeah um so Tolansky. Tolansky. Coley taking it to the World Tour teams, uh, won the prologue, lost it on day two to Lawson. Lawson lost it on day three. Uh, we, ben Hermans. Yeah. Ben Hermans. One, one day three and day four. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot what happened. Uh, yeah. Today is sort of a circuit race crit. Ben Hermans just absolutely dominating the, the climbing. Yeah. Belgian, Belgian on- GC rider? Or is it like if you're if you're a world tour rider? Although he's on, he's not a world tour rider anymore. anymore. He was. He was on BMC. Right. He was. Before. That's that's how I know Ben Hermans. Now he's with Israel Cycling Academy. Now, he's now teammates with Dan Martin. Well, yeah. Future the, teammates. The next future teammate with Dan Martin. Yeah. Crazy. How, how do you? I mean, he got second last year, but it's interesting. You see some of these riders come to like a stage race like this and then do really well as a climber. I mean, I don't really think he's a climber, but I guess he is. Ben Hermans is a climber. There are Belgian climbers. Huh. Yeah. Lawrence de Plus. All right. Okay. 
Yeah, so that's true. Utah, there's a, like you said, Bodie, there's a crit today. I, that, that's a that's a fun stage to watch. I guess that's probably going on as we record. No, actually, here. I pulled it, over? it up. It starts in it starts in about a forty minutes. Okay, okay. more so of a circuit race. So more we'll, of a twilight crit. Yeah, so well, we will check on that. Should we'll finish we'll, around midnight or so. Our time. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll report on that uh, next week. Yeah, that's yeah. tour of Utah. Well, it's interesting. Speaking of elevation and tour of Utah. Uh, Leadville was like the Saturday or Sunday before it started. Yep. And both Alex House and um, Lachlan Morton Lachlan did that. And then they both. Lachlan got on the podium, right? He did. And they both jumped into Tour Utah. That's yeah. crazy. I think that's really cool and fun and crazy. Well, the, there, there are two other stories, right? So um, I've forgotten the name of the winner who uh, is, has won it the last three uh, times. Slipping my head, not Howard Grotz. Mm, was it Graz? Could be, yeah. That could be him. Former. And then second place. Did you see who second place was? No. Uh, somebody you've talked about before. Young rider, I believe. Uh, maybe I'm completely Sorry, I'm wrong here. I'm looking at results right now. You guys... I forgot to put keep... this in the agenda. Um, second place was... You know somebody who's, whose son it is. Oh, Quinn Simmons. Quinn Simmons. Oh, no, no, no. No. Sorry, yeah, that's not... Yeah. It's not. Friends. It's a different guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Quinn is, uh, oh. is my friend's son. Well, Quinn, Quinn Simmons was is uh, won the uh, Cascades. Okay. Redlands? Quinn Simmons won the last stage of Redlands. Yeah. Uh, he's done a bunch of other stuff this year. It's like 17. Yeah. Like, dude... So he finished second in Leadville. Not only that, he was... He had multiple flats, was 10 minutes behind the leaders, came back, and finished second. Speaking of multiple flats, I heard there was some sabotage in Leadville this year that somebody threw out a bunch of tags. I think that's part of the reason the, why the, he was uh, on the course. Flatted. Guys, I cannot find out who won Leadville. What the like, hell is up with this with this stuff? You know, How do you... you what, like, athletes? Like, it's all sorted by, like fucking state and shit just give me the goddamn results so here's marathon i think you bring up a good point here Bodie, and i think this is important is like we want to be able to see in one place all of the stats for everything maybe right. maybe i need to build that website <laughs> sounds great you've got go, plenty of free time right now don't you Matt? yeah i've got nothing to do so yeah. <laughs> i had to go to cycling news uh howard grotz as i was correct howard grotz yep. uh, i believe he's a been a national champion in mountain biking i think he won it the last three years in a row quinn simmons lachlan morton peter stetna kansas boy yeah uh, alex house also kansas boy always stetna peter sorry sorry stetna lachlan and alex all went on to do uh tour utah yeah and uh cool. stetna into it stetna it. was looking pretty good um his boy Nicholas Egg looking fast in that race. Your in, boy in Nicholas Egg, my been, boy. You, you've called out that guy. Yeah. Um, all right, so Tour Utah, we're we're done with you. Yep. Um, while we're kind of on the Leadville-ish uh, mountain stuff, some some mountain bike racing's been happening, and I just want to talk about uh, briefly that PFP first World Cup win. That's Pauline Ferron Provo for people who are not familiar the with the original acronym. NVDP. Yeah, uh, she was triple world champion. Triple world cross, champion. Cross, road, and uh, mountain bike. That would be back in 2015? Yeah, something like that. Like that. Mm -hmm. So this is her first world. She won in uh, Val de Soleil. Uh, yep. She won. That was her first World Cup win since 2015. Yeah. Probably that year that, that year. she was. She crushed it. Um, just, just cool to see. Always cool to see people come back. She had iliac 
artery surgery. That's right. Um, really amazing race. Go on Red Bull Superb race. TV.com. Her and Yolanda Neff. Whew. I mean, the mountain bike racing. I've not seen a bad race at all. Yeah, it's been crazy. Like, I know that some mountain bike people are not into this new format, and they call it Olympic style or whatever. Uh, but I think it's terrific. It's great. What is the new format? The short track and well, then the, the and then no, the I guess it's so, XCO race. I guess in cross the country days, used to be longer. Yeah, cross country was like go out in the woods for three hours. But they were a lot less technical, a lot less viewer participation. Exactly. Red Bull is killing it with the coverage. It's absolutely great. killing it's it. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. It's it. I guess maybe it's more like cross in the sense that yeah. you're on a two mile three mile course yeah they're like three to four mile circuits yeah. they vary they vary a little bit in length i don't think they have like a the, the kind could, of restrictions you could, that you cross could walk has. from one end of the course to the other as yep. a fan during the race and look at check it out from multiple perspectives absolutely and the, yeah. a lot of the courses kind of like cross over themselves and everything and stuff so that it's it's pretty compact it's fun to watch people race mountain bikes too it, they just it's just cool to look even if it's not competitive even if somebody's completely off the front and they're just you know riding their bike on their own it's just cool to watch them it over the obstacles looks and so weird though because they're, they're the way they're so upright yeah it's just kind of always throws me off a mm -hmm. little bit um but let's kind of i mean so Vanderpool came back one won the short track yep won the cross country race yep uh next week he repeated right he did he won the cross country short track and um, and he demonstrated another of uh you know Vanderpool's thoughts for the oh, week oh yeah what was is when week? is when you're riding uphill why would you slow down <laughs> just keep going at the same speed also another Vanderpoolism or thought was that uh the muddy short track race was harder on a mountain bike than it would have been on a cross bike. Yeah. Well, that takes me back a long way to Adam Craig back in the day at Sea Otter, I think it was, years ago, showed yes. up on his road bike and did the short track because he said it was just a joke. And so he <laughs> raced it on his road bike. <laughs> I wonder if Adam Craig was the one who raced an early season cross race on a mountain bike and won, and there was like a Ooh. kerfluffle over that, I bet but it, it would wasn't be. a UCI race, so it was within the the rules. That would be the other way around, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um. So just okay. I want to. We should. I think at this point we almost need to have like an MVDP corner because the fact that like you know we, like what else has he won? Um. So he did the two mountain bike races. He won those. Uh, this week he won the first uh, race of mm. the Arctic Tour of Norway. He didn't win first. today though. He came second. Oh, mm. he to should. Brian Cocard. He that's weird. Matt, you shared with us some amazing statistics about well, Van Poel's wins this year. He's won seventy five percent of the well, races. He just it was blew that today. Back of the napkin stretch, but not by much because he was pretty. So he's what seventy three percent of the races he's entered yeah, now. Something crazy. Yeah. He what? I mean, he did twelve mount, uh, twelve CX races this year and won all of them. Uh, he won most half of, of his road races or something like that. Uh, just under half, I think, of his road races that he and then had, like three quarters of the mountain bike races. Yeah, just ridiculous. It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And you know, uh, Neil Rogers had an article in Cycling Tips about Vanderpool and like this this like is he going to burn out you know just kind of interviewing people about it. it's a really fascinating article it i mean it's it's something to watch to think about like just 
as he sort of works towards the 2020 Olympic Games um, in mountain biking. I, I mean, I would think regarding that, I think there's less chance of him burning out because of how he diversifies so much and he keeps it interesting by doing different things and racing different disciplines and having to work on different skills and all that kind of stuff. He's not going to get in that kind of a rut. I think the problem is going to be is can he physically keep it up? I mean, as he gets older, it's got to be... I mean, he he's never not racing. I'm sure that... I, my thought is that... I mean, yeah, my thought he over here in New Orleans, he doesn't talk to me. He'll do the all this crazy schedule. He'll he'll go for the gold uh, in mountain biking, and then I think he maybe will maybe pare it down. I think I think if he he probably wants to win a third uh, CX World Championship. Absolutely. I mean, he has to at least win a third. I think he wants a third. I think he might even possibly. See, the a thing fourth. is, but but that's the thing <laughs> is like, if you think about it, he doesn't have to do a whole CX season. No, does he, he doesn't. He can just show up for that race. Yeah. Every year and just do it. Well, speaking of what he's going to do, we did get clued into a little bit about what he's going to do. He's got the Arctic tour of Norway that he's doing now, and yep. then he is all in for Yorkshire. Road Worlds. Uh, what we don't know is what his cyclocross schedule is going to be. He hadn't really talked much about that. Matt, you're saying... You I don't, know, well, he's not going to the States, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. Again. You no know, World Cups in the States. And I, I don't think Wout's going to be going either, probably, right? I assume not with his injury. I mean, yeah. I'm kind of bummed out about that. I know and he's not going to be, be bummed. And he won't get to do road worlds either, which kind of sucks. Uh, but I suspect that we will see Vanderpool entering at least some of the European cyclocross races, and clearly, I think he he competes for for Worlds this year. I, th- I think uh, he's I think he's going to try to win three season. in a row. Oh uh, yeah, you know, so that he can equal equal Wouts. Uh, well, it won't be three in a row. Year. It would be two in a row because no, no, no. It. But I, I mean, he'll try to win this year and then again next year, so oh. that he has the three oh. in a row, four overall. Yeah, I th- I think he wants. He wants to be the only person ever to win, however many, whatever you know, more than uh, more than Eric uh, Van Vlamick. I mean, he he really is a cannibal. I mean, talk about cannibal, and, and Eddie Merckx was called that because of his veracity to win and, and win everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of. I mean, Vanderpool is is kind of the true cannibal. Cannibal, not cannibal. Cannibal, <laughs> cannibal. Yeah, cannibal. Uh, cannibal, cannibal, uh, and. I'll, you know, maybe a new cannibal is a Remco Evenepoel. Yeah, I was going to say let's uh, let's oh, yeah. let's do that segue. And we're talking about you know young, sometimes unbeatable looking riders. Nineteen year old Remco Evenepoel, guys. We saw him for the first time. Really, I'm guessing. I don't know. Maybe you I, guys I think were following him when he was a junior. But mm-hmm. when he won the U twenty three World Road Championships last year. I think they've brought him to the World Tour too soon. Obviously, he's not ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of unbelievable the how good he is. And I don't, I don't. Did you guys see Classica San Sebastian? I did. I did not see it. No, absolutely. I, I didn't watch it live. Astonishing. I went back and watched it. Well, I tell you what it what it reminded me of. Speaking of his U23 World Championship win, hmm. uh, very similar on some, uh, in some respects to that race in that um, if you remember in the U23 World Championships, I think he had a mechanical in that race, which is what got him, got him dropped from not just the front group, but from the first chase group. 
Uh, and in that, and I don't want to rehash that whole race, but he essentially chased his way back up from mm-hmm. group to group to group, just catching and then dropping each successive group until he was alone off the front by himself. And that's how he won the U23 World Championship race. Yeah. Similarly, in Classico San Sebastian, um, he had gotten himself dropped from the, the lead group, I think, on one of the uh, sort of real pitchy climbs and was even being talked about as if maybe he had taken himself out of contention. There was a very elite group off the front and then first chase group, and he did the same thing in that race. He chased back up to the to the chase group. He went off the front. He chased down uh, or went off the front with Tom Squeens. Tom Squeens, yep. And then just got sick of... <laughs> working with and 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 riding with Tom Squeens and then just rode away from him on a climb and rode the rest of the race by himself and soloed to victory this time not in front of an elite field of U23 no. juniors uh, or U23 riders but this time on the uh, on the front of a uh, field of world tour pros yeah just amazing yeah absolutely absolutely astonishing and he's um, 19 years old uh, and guys uh, Julian uh, Alaphilippe was in this race. Well, um, yes you, and no. There were a lot of people that were tired from the tour. No, I, I think Alaphilippe actually, Alaphilippe and... He pulled himself. I think he pulled himself and so did uh, so did Tour de France winner uh, Egan Bernal. They both were they were both in the lineup, but I don't know if either of them started. They One probably, of them may have started and then dropped out. They may but, have gotten an appearance yeah, fee for they, the team. They basically, and, they just showed up for, yeah. the, for the team presentation. But did you know, but also... Remco is European time trial champion. Yeah, yeah, he just won it. Elite time trial champion. Yeah. This, yeah, and then like you know he's all like on ice right now. Like they're like, ooh, you know when when is he gonna, like a couple more years before he goes to the tour? <laughs> it's like it's kind of insane that like you you're just so good, but like we just can't you can't like if you go to the tour too early, you know you're gonna burn out. I mean, let's just have a tour with uh, Remco, Matthew Vanderpoel. Uh, Egan Bernal, Pojagar. Well, oh, and just and just sorry, sorry, just to qualify, Townsend. He wasn't U twenty three world champion. He was U nineteen. He was junior world champion last year. So, oh, was that that was a junior world? It was junior world. That's right. And he's gone straight to yeah, yeah. yeah. That's. Well, and Bodie, to, to finish your thought about, you know, all the young folks that we want to have in the uh, competing for GC and the Tour de France, how about the Tour of Poland? You look at the top 15, which I've included here in our agenda, and I'm afraid the cycling podcast kind of beat us to this because we didn't get a chance to record uh, early enough after the Tour of Poland, but look at the uh, look at the, the yeah, top 15 here. This is, a, this is a who's who of, of hot young riders in, mm-hmm. the, in the world tour. I mean, except for, you know, Rafa Micah. Well, okay. I, I don't mean every one of yeah, them. But no. <laughs> geriatric Rafa well, Micah. Well, no, this brings up the idea, do we need a Masters World Tour? <laughs> is Chris Froome going to want to go to the Masters World? <laughs> I mean... Anyway, well, yeah. I mean, on a, Valverde would not want to go to the Masters World Tour. He'd still want to be racing. Although, with, if he went to the Masters World Tour, he would win everything. He would win everything, but he doesn't want to be Masters. He wants to be world. He wants to win everything against somebody else. But yeah, I thought the Tour of Poland was really instructive. I didn't watch every stage of it or follow it super closely. But you had Pavel Sivakov, yeah, uh, who ended up winning. Young guy, twenty-one, maybe twenty-two years old. Jai, Jai Henley, also young. Uh, Sergio Iguada, Teo Gegenhardt, 
lots of lots of young guys uh, at the at the sharp end of that race uh, would have been a really amazing story to talk about. Unfortunately, the Tour of Poland and the storyline out of the Tour of Poland dominated oh. by the death of Bjork Lambrecht. Yes, um, tragic. Just reminding us all that bicycle racing is dangerous. Nothing, nothing happened. Just crashed. Didn't get taken out. Didn't get hit by a car. Didn't get you know. Had, yeah. had to just just very slick roads on that day of the race. Yeah. It looked it looked really treacherous from what I see. I didn't see the crash. It just like you don't you don't even want to watch. You know if we, if to, to yeah to know. No, I mean but you do wonder like you know I wanted to know how did he die and we've had a few mm. interesting interesting incidents. And it sounds the cycling podcast said that it sounded like he like he crashed and he lacerated his liver and then yes. he had internal bleeding and cardiac arrest. Yeah, so um, very tragic. A young talent. Tragic. Yeah, another young star. I mean, and I feel bad because I always made fun of him for his glasses, which I thought were so nineties. Um, and now I'm kind of bummed and yeah. I feel like an asshole. Um, and so, he's probably buried in those glasses. God damn it, Bodie. Nothing wrong with some 90s glasses. <laughs> Sorry. Those are like uh, 70s glasses. 80s. I think. So, um, Bodie, you talked about the Euro champs that we all sort of overlooked because there's so much dang racing. Uh, Elio Viviani is your new uh, European road champion. Went in the break. Sprinter goes in the break, yep. three man break, and out sprints them. Uh, pretty badass. Yeah, that's uh, so kudos to Viviani. And. Um, Happy Euro champs. Yep. I, so speaking of champs, I want to skip over what we have in the agenda next. We'll do it next week. Uh, I want to talk about some local champs going to Masters Nationals. Yep. Uh, we had a few folks who went and went up to Masters Nationals in uh, Colorado Springs. We had a Stephanie Smith, mm-hmm. uh, all around Lambra badass. She went up and got fourth. I should have the results. Fourth in the, road race in the road and race and second in the time trial. Is that correct? I know she got second in the okay. time trial. Yep, that yeah. sounds right. Cool to see. Uh, Peter Reed got fourth in the time trial. Yep. I yes. Don't, I don't think he he might have done the road race, but I mean, it's at elevation, and I don't think he did too well. I think he was uh, really targeting the TT there. Yeah, he's kind of been a TT guy lately. So shout out to them. Kudos to those guys. We had our teammate Chip Parker went up for the Masters, Masters Nationals, and unfortunately uh, broke a collarbone in a crash. No. Yeah. Chip talked to me. I talked to Chip today about it. Um, Ironically enough, we just got a new shipment of team jerseys in. (laughs) Mm. Chip had ordered one uh, and was like, timing couldn't be better. I (laughs) shredded my jersey in that crash. I was like, well, great. I got one coming for you. And uh, he and I were talking about it. He said his um, the last data point on his uh, computer before his crash had him at 37.5 miles per hour. Wow. So was uh, this in the sprint? That it, no, it was a downhill, downhill, steep yeah. downhill. It looked so, like a yeah. circuit with some climbs. Um, so Ouch. yeah, he, he went, uh, he hit the pavement uh, going pretty fast. So sorry, mm. Chip, but sounds like he's going to be okay. He's got to heal up for a bit. Uh, but that's a, that's a real bummer anytime you anytime you hear that. And of course, it dashed his his hopes of you know finishing uh, that race. So uh, this last weekend we had the Lambra, it's kind of the last race, our, our road race championships. Uh, we did the crit championships in May uh, up in uh, Tupelo, Tupelo, Mississippi, way up north. Uh, and now we had the uh, road race championships in Jackson, Mississippi. 
I'm just going to run down some of these results. Uh, in the 1-2-3 race, we had Matt Davis, perennial Lambra mm-hmm. uh, favorite. Once again, uh, speaking about age has no number, he's 41. Yeah. He won the road race. Uh, second place was young Buck Patton Sims, uh, who won the crit uh, the day before. So that's awesome to see. And Eric Nelson actually uh, out of Alabama. So the podium, you had to go down to... Sixth place overall to pick up the third person on the Lambert podium, and that was Jack White. Um, in the category for men, we had Taylor Mills, uh, who won the crit the day before mm. and then uh, came back and won the road race. Yeah, he doubled up that weekend. Congrats, Taylor. Found a pole yeah, that weekend. Uh, he did indeed. Um, he's going to be a cat three. He needs to just put in his paperwork, but uh, he's earned his points. He has four victories this year. As a category four. Nice. Uh, cat five men, we had Matthew Cavoro. Don't know him. Mm. New new guy. Indian cycle racing. Haven't seen that team. Uh, been announced in a while. Let's uh, scroll down a bit. Oh, let's get to the women, the one, two, three women. We had Emily Gass uh, crushing it as usual. Just upgraded her to cat two. Has not done a lot of racing lately. No. Um, but she came out there. And She's been doing some traveling this summer. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Hauser won the women's 4-5 race. Also crush racing. Also crush racing. Um, did I did not realize that we had, there was a Masters 40-plus women's road race. Mm. That's awesome to see. Uh, and maybe something we'll get into next week. Um, but Pamela Tate, not from our area. So technically, the last place winner, Melissa Smith, last place rider, is our Masters 40-plus champion, Um which is interesting, and I think we'll we'll push that to next week. We should have some talk about um, expanding the women's categories, especially in championship categories. Yeah, because I don't know that Masters Women Forty Plus is a Lambra Championship gotcha. category or not. Uh, but, I mean, they broke it out for this race. So I, uh, yeah, I don't know if they did they did they do a separate race. Anyway, I mean, maybe that's a new category, Masters Women. Like I'm, I'm you know, we got more categories. Uh, who is our Masters Men Champion? Stephen Anselet. Uh, from Acadiana Bicycle Company. Yeah, they swept the podium in the Masters race. Um, and then we got, let's see, we had some juniors. We have Calla Anderson, who came and raced our Fed City Crit. And Landon Brookshire, little youngster that we've seen race a lot of road and cross lately. So mm-hmm. kudos to all the folks who uh, went out and uh, did the Lambra Road Race Championships. I think the road season's pretty much done in our area. Yeah, it is. We've got the Noma to Noma race around the lake coming up in a couple weeks. That's a not a USAC race, uh, but uh, that'll be that will be a road race. But uh, we've got we've got cross coming. Yeah, and cro- cross is coming. Yeah. So someone, uh, just a quick note. Someone asked, "Is cross here?" And so I thought, well, and someone said, "Yes, cross is here." And and my definition of when cross is here has always been. When the U.S. domestic scene starts, okay, and that is so there has to be a race sometime in late August. That is go cross, and the way the calendar works out, it starts out like the August thirty first or thirtieth. <sighs> All right, uh, in Virginia. So maybe we could say like Labor Day is uh, it's right Labor Day. I like that. Yeah, yeah Labor I mean, Day weekend yeah, usually, is when cross you know, starts. Yeah, it's usually the first weekend in December is when things kick off. December, uh, sorry, <laughs> September. <laughs> Although in New Orleans, I it should Labor, start Labor Day weekend is the official, official, it's the, wait, hang on. We're, it's the unofficial, official start of Cross, according to the Yeah, You Ride podcast. And Bodie, you and I are going to be posting a big announcement on Facebook. Wait, wait, and we'll wait, go wait, wait, you can't wear 
slicks after Labor Day. You can't wear white bibs <laughs> after Labor Day. <laughs> You're really pleased with yourself. <laughs> okay, but back to the back to the news I was trying to share I, before I'm just you guys with started joking with each with other. <laughs> Bodie, you and I are going to be posting some big news on Facebook. Big news? Uh, well, some news on Facebook <laughs> that uh, we're going to be uh, cranking up our cross practice. And this year we're making it a cross clinic and practice six race cross practice and clinic series out at the people's course same time same place thursday nights out at the people's course 6 p.m we're going to be doing 30 minutes or so of skills uh and some practice laps each week starting next thursday august 22nd buddy i know that you and a few folks went out last night uh and and checked out the course and did some did some hot laps but we'll be kicking it off officially officially this Thursday, August the 22nd, for the next six weeks. And then after that is Boss Cross. And then we're just full on into a packed calendar. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's it. Awesome. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that's the agenda for tonight. Uh, this is the T-Bone signing off saying, I'm not moving to Bend yet, but uh, save me a space because I'll be out there at some point. Man, that's good bike riding. Good night, guys. <laughs> And this is a cheerio saying, uh, I have no idea what I'm going to say. This is the Buddy Buddy saying, once again, if you have any questions, comments, and concerns, and oh my gosh, we did have a viewer message. We'll get to that next week. Uh, send us an email at yayuride at gmail.com. Thank you, Dan, for that message. Uh, slide into our uh, DMs at yayuride on Instagram. And... I don't know that I'm moving to Denver yet, but I'm really digging that Colorado front range scene. Emily, look into jobs. All right. And you've only got two more weeks to wear your white bibs. Well, but our audience hasn't grown, but it has matured.